good podcast listeners. Uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Sloss and Humphreys on the Road. My last episode of Sloss and Humphreys on the Road, just for a month or so, because uh, after this, I will be being uh, father for a bit. Just for a bit, not the whole time. I'll see how long I can be arsed doing it for. Uh, in this episode, uh, we answer a bunch of questions from our Patreon listeners. And as always, a big thank you to everyone who does subscribe to the Patreon uh, and give us money and support this uh, piece of shit. If you are not a Patreon, you can, one, listen to the questions that you could have asked yourself, but you didn't get the chance to. And you can also hear the lovely prizes that we give out in the end. Um, you can sign up to the Patreon at any point. Uh, you get bonus content, a couple more episodes, you get interested in the prize draws, and we're just a bit more honest on the Patreon episodes as well. Not that we're not honest here, but... Like, I'm name cunts in the Patreon one, so it's just a bit, it's a bit bitchier. Uh, enjoy! Sloss and Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. That, that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head to make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Ah, oh, muggles. Accidental rib job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or am I just being cynical? Just muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9-11? Hello, mate. Hiya. What's happening with you? Much, much to report before we dive into the questions from the patrons? Nah. Um, nah. I went to a christening. Oh, aye. Got bevied. Did you? Aye. I've got that for the sixth, sixth time now. How many How many fucking God's dads does Can's kid have, though? Six. Aye. Uh, that's an army, that, like... That's, that, like... So that, you, do you do you do you each get like a part of the kid when Can dies? Uh, I think I think that I think he's planning on staying alive, and he just wants like like loads of birthday money for his Ben, and he's gonna he's gonna spend it himself on gear, yeah, drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben's like not even old enough to know what money is yet, so he can just you know every every time sex god parents six I feels like because Can gives me shit because I'm. I'm air quotes godfather to three kids, but like there's nothing. I'm not religious. There was no ceremony involved. They yeah. just asked, and I said yes. Uh, like it's already. She was like, "They're not real godparents." I'm like, "I know, but like godparents aren't real anymore. Like it's just like a thing you I do." Feel, I feel like you're being used. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're being used by people because they know that you've got a bit of money and you'll get expensive gifts. Well, well I <laughs> they mean, haven't you, even christened their kid. They don't like because uh, of of all the godkids I've got, there's only one that hasn't had a christening, but their brother did have a christening. So I don't know if they're eventually going to do it. Right. But like. Five of the six have actually been christened and have been like officially brought in as godparents. No, mine's was all very much. I'm, the people I'm godfather for, I just told the parents, I'm like, look, if you die, all you you're only going to die when your kid needs to get into like uni, and so you only need a godparent that's able to put them through uni, and that's me. And if they die before then, I'm going to lie to the courts. Feel <laughs> uh, <it laughs> like I was never their godfather. Not my problem. Uh, not, got, I shows where shows uh, the proof. Uh, I, like like while of course to your face while you're alive I will tell you that I'm godfathers to your kids but the second you are dead uh, so those am kids I. <laughs> so am I <laughs> that's the court's problems I'm sure there are professionals there's family members that you have that love yeah. your children more than I do so they're yours well they're theirs and if they're not then what are you going to do about it you're fucking dead not my problem and then there's, there's oh and your wife died too well maybe you shouldn't have a fucking wife that died at the same time as you how's this my fault how's this <laughs> how's this my fault that they you and your fucking dumb wife died that I can't look after your fucking kids anymore. Be a better driver. Aye, not, not my problem. <laughs> or you managed to crash the car and they fucking survived it and you two didn't. Aye. Fuck off. On the way home from the christening and I'm starting to think you planned it. Aye, not interested. Um, so I always feel like with the custody of the child when they die thing, that's not what the, I feel like I'm, I feel like of all the six godparents, I'm parent number six. To get mm. custody. Oh, so it's like what? It's like the it's like the it's like the royal throne. It's the line. Like I'm, I, like my my heir of custody. Mm. Like there's even people that aren't godparents that get in between the other godparents and me before the custody gets to me. Mm. Like there's family members and shit, right? Um, I'm just a belter uncle. Mm. I'm just good. I'm just good with kids. I get picked because now that the kids are going to ask after us, I'm going to be a laugh when I'm with them. It'll be a good TV show, murder mystery. It's just random people keep on dying and nobody can work out why. And it just turns out like it's the seventh in line to be goddad. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in a random order, killing. And it's called playing god. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, delete this. We're going to be millionaires. 
Um, so I, that's that's what I've been doing since I've saw you. But also, we promised the um, parents a Q and A. This is a Monday episode, so everybody gets to enjoy the answers to the questions. But the parents get the privilege. Even the fucking tight cunts. Even the, even the people that are like on even the, the pops. I, des- I describe them as the film bridesmaids when um, the, there's a workout happening in the park. And uh, they're like behind the tree doing the workout, and they're just getting the workout for now while everyone else pays for it. I call them povs because they're povs because they got a point. Because they're povs. For the longest time, I thought POV porn was like my people. <laughs> we thought it was poverty porn. I did just chaps getting I done up the did. shitter. I, ne- I never, I never clicked on it because I wasn't that interested in something I could get at home. <laughs> <laughs> just I can't watch pop porn just in case my mum turns up. What? Huh? <laughs> well, I don't understand. <laughs> and that's disgusting on so many other levels. Aye. When you know what pop actually means. <laughs> um uh, it's like you don't go on holiday and then look at brochures for like the same destination you're at while you're mm. on the beach. Well, so I mean they do sell postcards. They do actually, uh, but that's so you can show other people where you are and be uh, like, "Ha ha, eat shit." Uh, I will say this: Sop, it's the funniest person in the world for, for trying to make you jealous of his holder. Oh, <laughs> man, not <laughs> so big not, not not me, but not me because I go on nice holidays too. But Sop, it is from Sop, it, you know. He's it's one of my Jordy mates. Aye, and he's he's a, he's real pov porn. And that's not even a nickname; that's his actual name, Soppet. Aye. We don't know what it means. <laughs> Soppet Smith. <laughs> um, Dave Soppet. When we were in Hawaii together, like I just kept seeing him on his because he's he's not obsessed with his phone. Nah. but not at all. Like he's, he's, he puts it down, doesn't say it for four hours. He's on his phone a lot when for the first like three hours in Hawaii. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I've just got mates that are working right now, and they are seething uh, that he, I'm in Hawaii. He, he, t- he takes real pleasure because he's in uh, where's he right now? Mauritius. He's in Mauritius right now, and uh, he keeps sending us like little fucking panoramics of the beach and all that. Aye. <laughs> Just going, I look where I am and you're not. Just <laughs> <laughs> that all the time. It's very funny. He does all the time. <laughs> like, fucking, sometimes I'm not even that he's away, and I'll just be like, oh, Rina, you're in the Caribbean class. Aye. Good for you. Uh, like it's, it doesn't land as hard. Like, normally it's like a bit of solidarity when he sent it to us because he knows that we're like travelling as well. But. Mm. Uh, but I, I've, I've been with him in Antigua and that one. He's, <laughs> he's just sending up his pals. It's very funny. Uh, right, so Q&A. So every, everyone um, in the cheap seats, enjoy the questions. I hope you get represented well by your parents. We'll keep the lights on. Uh, we'll try and get through as many as we can this time because last time we'd done a Q&A, Ari Matheson was on and we went off on tangents and mm. I think we did like one question. Oh, right, okay. And we just went off on like multiple tangents from that. So and, is, and, and is that not what people want? Ah, yeah, I guess so. But you know, like, it must it must feel nice to have your question read out? Does so it? Because if because because again, I know I'm going to do something bad here uh-huh. because we always say that we, oh, we want more engagement from the podcast listeners. But the reason they don't engage is because we insult them all the time. Uh-huh. But but <laughs> <laughs> it is absolute fucking muggle behaviour to not send in a question, <laughs> not to send in a but we just, just got them out of the shell, know, Daniel. But I'm just, just saying, them out of the shell. I'm just saying, can you imagine <laughs> what type of fucking muckle, like a wee bit of elation? <laughs> your favourite podcast, boys, reading out your question. I know, but that in itself is muggly. Like, I, I get it. I wrote into fucking Nickelodeon when I was like 14 years old. And they read my thing and I was like, oh, this is cool. But I was. I've, I mentioned this in the early days of the podcast, but I had my, uh, letter, my love letter read out on Big Breakfast mm-hmm. and I was fucking humiliated when I went to school and everyone had watched me <laughs> yeah. trying to fucking swoon on some girl from so, see, two, so two could, years below me in school. Uh, were, you a, were you a child nonce? Aye, within the realms of also being a child. Aye, still child nonce. Kids, Kenny. <laughs> Aye, what are they? <laughs> it's fucking uh, Black, Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavin Sim, the first person to get a duplet buzz. Uh, outside of the Wheel of Time, obviously the best fantasy series of all times. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if they made a TV adaptation of it? It would ha, be nice. It, ha, would, it would be very ha, nice, Gavin, if they adapted it for a television show. Unfortunately, they haven't done that, nor will they ever. What fantasy series are your favourites? I've got a straight answer for this. It's the one called. You know what? I think the, the series is called We Are Legion, mm. and the first book is called We Are Bob. And see how that would be an off-putting. Mm. 
off-putting title. Uh, what's your favourite book? Oh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob. You should read it. It's really good. Oh, my God, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Did a 13-year-old write that as well? Uh, it's really cool. I've just read book four, which, you know what, wasn't as good as book one, two, and three, but I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Uh, it was still good. Did he get depression? Huh? Did he get depression? Perhaps he did. Man, Brandon and Sanderson's going to be fucking... Hanging yeah. around, you're uh, like, get you going to finish that book over there. What wasn't bad? Just looks like your wife, wife, <laughs> wife left, you and your kids don't really like you anymore. Look, you look pretty fucking sad. Just wonder if you're going to finish that book over there, Brandon. Can you fuck off, please? I'm just having a tough time in my marriage. <laughs> like I've got, the deadline's not for another three years. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I can I can just see the notes. Can I just see your notes? Can I just uh-huh. see your notes on your book there? Can I? He's finished that book for you. He's literally been thrown out of the hospital five times for trying to unplug George R. Martin's fucking... <laughs> yeah, he was the one who put him in hospital. Life support machine. Oh, I can't fucking wait for George R. Martin to die. Anyway. Brandon Sanderson can finish his books. Uh, no, no, at this point, I just want George R. If you're that lazy and useless, yeah. just die at this point. Yeah. I've got no sympathy for you. So, um, we are Legion, we are Bob, right? I, and I'm not going to say, I don't, I don't think it's a depression my wife's left this book. It was like uh, three books that were five out of, five out of ten. <laughs> You're really <laughs> selling it. Three books that were five stars right. out of ten stars. Uh, five out of five. And then one that was like 4.2. Still good. You know what it was with the fourth book? Belter idea. Like right. amazing idea. Amazing concept. Really fucking went outside the box with the idea flogged it to death for the entire book and I felt like it didn't really Aye. like there was more avenue because it's, it's, it creates this whole universe and he kind of stayed in one little microcosm in it I've been hypercritical uh, mm. but it was still cool um, but yeah the, the whole fucking the whole that whole series is class just do you want to try and explain what it is? no 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 that's that's enough um, I would go for um, Mistborn Trilogy is great uh, I've had this recommended from you and my brother-in-law. Aye, it's very, very good. Uh, and uh, the Stormlight Saga, um, uh, and also best one ever, uh, Name of the Wind. But I uh, just a big yes. warning, big warning to everyone in Name of the Wind. If you want to get into the Stormlight Saga, the fifth book isn't out yet, but it's Brandon Sanderson, so it'll be here right on time whenever you want it. Don't worry about it. It's safe to get involved in that series. That's why it's also safe to get involved in Mistborn. Um. Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear are brilliant. They're so good. So good. And Patrick Roth is... Massive books. He is working on the third one, but he's got that... He, he's got that He's got that rightest impression that everyone's got. So, uh, But he's actually working on it as opposed to George R. Martin. Also... Because I, I, I actually saw the book, because uh, I've been listening to it on audiobook, right? And I was like, it's whatever, like fucking 38 hours long or some shit, right? <laughs> and then I saw the book, and it was when we were in Austin, mm. and I was waiting for the lift... And on the, like, random fucking th- third, fourth floor, whatever floor I was on, there was a small bookshelf and one massive book on it. Nice. And I pulled the book off and it just happened to be the one I was listening to on audiobook. And it was as thick as Colin's cock. Aye, mine's a hefty, hefty fucking unit. <laughs> it smelt of dust like Colin's <laughs> cock. Uh, <laughs> and it was a real page turner. Uh, it's, it's a good book. <laughs> um, and then... Lies of Locke Lamora, but again, similar thing. First two books, class, and then I think his wife said he smelled. And, and, and then Scott Lynch wrote a shiter. I don't know if he knows it's a shiter, but like, I wonder, I wonder if authors get that. You know, when you, like, you know when you have a bad gig, right, and uh, you come off stage and like it's so, everyone knows, like there's not even like, it wasn't bad, it's just like people just get all this like, tough crowd. Uh, but occasionally you get people being like, it wasn't that bad. I, I hate that. I, like, at least it diffuses the, oh, fuck, I don't need to, like, pan around this vulnerable, mm. like, wounded animal in the green room. But it also makes you think that you're in a room with a fucking psychopath. Aye. When somebody comes off after a fucking stink in the room out and going, oh, yeah, they're all right, you know. Like, what you, a bit of warming up. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> they're dead. Most of them left. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Wonder, if, wonder if writers get that. Like, because I know that, like, stay away from your views. Don't listen to the fans, you know, write whatever you're going to fucking write and then hope people enjoy it. But I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if Scotland knows so much. He shot the bed and he's like, I mean, that was a shit. Now there's bad. just more pressure on me for the fourth one. That bad. That, not I've that just, I've bad. I've just got book two. I've just got book two. Not that bad, but just like just a real big who gives a fuck. Mm. Just a real big, oh, 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 who gives a fuck. Oh, and, and, just, and he's like, and then this guy, you remember this guy? And you're like, 
Vaguely, I guess. Mm-hmm. Was I meant to pay attention when you brought him in originally? Because right. I didn't care then, I and I and I don't care now. And they're like, but then also... Like a big, re- a big reveal that isn't that revealing. Oh, right? like, yeah. Hmm. I'm just a bit stanky. I, so. uh, and obviously the Saga comics, we talked about that last week. Let's like, see some ad- adaptation of that. Like an arcane-style cartoon, please. Yeah. Um, Anita Dugan-Moore, thanks for the question, which is, as much as you're looking forward to it, what is your biggest fear about becoming a father? Um, Divorce mm, No I'm not worried about that what I, 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 I didn't rush into anything <laughs> no. I, I, It wasn't a baby to save the relationship No no trust, and, and trust me I sampled the world So I My biggest fear About becoming a father Would be My wife Not loving her own child Aye, I, that that happens to people, and like it's a real concern, and that's postpartum depression. depression. Aye, the, 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 the part of your brain doesn't kick in that means aye. you're meant to love it. Like it eventually will kick in, but like women are meant to love it instantly. As a man, you don't have to. You don't have to love it for a bit. Like I mean, you're not. You're not like some pre, some dads just got in the whole life with you telling their kid to love them or hugging them. Aye, yeah. <laughs> I find that weird. Yeah, and that's one way of doing it. That's one way of doing it. <laughs> Um, mind you, mind you, uh, we had a discussion about this amongst our friends a while ago, right? Do you tell your dad you love him? Aye. Does he tell you mm. he loves him? Aye, yeah. exact same. I tell my dad I love him all the time. My dad doesn't... I definitely... <laughs> we fucking sexy each other? <laughs> I de- definitely... My dad would message... My dad has obviously told me he loved me before, but I definitely started saying it way more just because I tell all my people who I love in my life that I, that I love them. So my dad definitely, he's now more comfortable with it, but he was never, he never withheld mm-hmm. the fact that he loved me. But then so many other friends of mine, that's just like, no, my dad's never said it. I'm like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Like, are you, are you, are you okay? Mm. Like, you think your dad's it's, loved you, but it's never been confirmed. Man, I feel like men hugging each other is new to my lifetime. I'm, I'm 40, but I feel like it kind of came in like the late zeros or the mm. mid zeros, especially like in the northeast England. In fact, like the, the, Telling me dad I love him and hugging me dad. I didn't hug me dad that often as an adult until my granddad died. And I think something like kind of switched for me dad where I was like, I wish I hugged me dad more. Mm. And then just like broke that cycle. And because me dad and my granddad were close, but I can't remember them ever hugging. No. Big fan of the handshake and that. I can't imagine shaking my dad's hand. I think this is something nice because like, my dad's got a firm handshake and my granddad had a firm handshake and there's something nice about like the trustworthy handshake from your fucking dad uh, you know like if you haven't seen him in a while and you're like it, it, the handshake always now pulls into a hug and always like hug but I, I've always I, I've always like I cannot imagine not seeing my dad for like, like I shake, shake my father-in-law's hand when I see him when it's, when it's been a while if I've yeah, seen him regularly your father-in-law's a uh, crazy old man but he, he, he'd, he'd not hug he'd, he'd, I've, never, yeah, yeah. I've never heard him say it in Atlee Alex I love you no and he never will and he'll tie that and way he does love them and he shows it in different ways aye but mm, no but he's real old different he's, uh, he's proper old school like, Scottish guy um I can't imagine fucking shaking my dad's Yeah, congratulations on your son. You know, th- oh, thanks, Dad. This isn't fucking weird. I don't think so. Like a so big, like, proud, big handshake with a smile and, like... Nah, <laughs> I would feel... It's what, what you find it more natural to just wrap your arms around him and nuzzle your head on his neck and slip your hand down his trousers. Do, do I find it more natural to hug my dad <laughs> than shake his hand? The, no, 100% absolutely. They're both, they're both just, like, two sides of the same coin, you know? They're absolutely not. They're only side of the same coin so because you spun the second option and turned it into a section <laughs> thing. you spun the handshake? No, I didn't. No, no. I, I fucked a straight up... What you'd give to a fucking lawyer or a tradie or someone you just fucking met? Hi, how are you? With to, your da- to your dad. To your dad. Go to therapy. If you shake your dad's hand, go to therapy immediately. Yeah, there's if no, that's there's no you- wrong with your dad's nice firm handshake, and then like you know, it's. it's- Fucking Jesus! You're after gonna, I'm, a, after, I'm, I'm after just, a game of chess, I'm just telling you straight up: if you shake your dad's hand, you're going to be a fucking god awful father. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like, because you've got so much learning and so much recovery to do that. If your dad shakes your yeah. hand, that's that's a, that, that's a I, big recovery ever, to catch up with the rest of society. I ever you, shook someone's hand and it's been really weak. Aye. That's somebody that doesn't shake hands with that dad. They haven't been taught how to handshake or fucking anybody. Them like. Aye. They've never been. That's just a really basic fucking like implement that you need in life. Aye. It's a nice firm handshake. And where are you going to get that from? 
if you're not shaking hands with your dad. Well, I, I will say this though: if you're, if you, I, look, I, I like a firm handshake. If you're somebody that squeezes my hand with my left hand, I will slap you across the fucking jaw. Right? If this yeah, is like, how fucking dare? Like, what, are you are you gonna be so childish? Right? That during handshaking to display some form of dominance, you squeeze my hand, motherfucker, I will slap you immediately across the jaw and be like, what game are we playing? What's this? Who was that for? You were trying to subtly let me know that you're stronger than me. Now everyone in here knows you're a fucking bitch. Never squeeze my fucking hand again. (laughs) Never fucking squeeze my hand again. I'll slap you again. I'll like the back of my hand across your jaw. How dare you? I'd I'd rather that than a weak one. I'd rather someone power play us and fucking come over the top with a handshake than just left the hand hanging in the air for us to... to I, I feel like I'm being molested. <laughs> I think my biggest fear of being a father is uh, for my son to turn out anything like me. I don't want that. Looks-wise. Any of them. Don't want him to be anything. I don't, I don't want him to have my anger. Uh, I, 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 I don't want him to... You want him to have a tiny penis? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, hey, hey, he doesn't need the confidence I went through with life. Turned me into an arsehole. Um... Oh, I'm also just worried about other the other adults I will have to deal with that I don't want to deal with, and the only reason I have to deal with them because of my son. Oh, that's the the worst fear. You've nailed it in one. Having to hang out with people you didn't want to hang out with because your kids are the same, born in the same yeah. age in the same area. Man, I I'm getting annoyed at bumping into the same dog walkers. Yeah, so and, and like I'm just saying, I don't want to form a bond with these people. Like I want to fucking put my headphones. I'm on the verge of it. I put my headphones on, and it's, I, I'm, I, I can't, I can't find it in my being to keep my headphones on and tug the dog's leash and walk on. I'm too fucking polite. Mm. Take my headphones off. I'll have the small talk. But now, I've kept, I've kept repeating the same small talk. Mm. So I'm having to come up with new small talk. And I think I'm on the verge now of, while I'm listening to my audiobook, talking like I'm on the phone. Mm. I think it'll be a lot easier to like walk by while you're on the phone. And just like two seconds, right. and then took your dog away because I fucking I can't cope, and that that is just such a fucking fraction of what it would be from schoolyard, yeah, like kids clubs, like whatever sport they get into. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be in WhatsApp groups. I'm not. Cara might be. I'm famous, so no, absolutely. No the, the, one, the, one of the great things about being a zealous celebrity is absolutely nobody ever gets my fucking phone Aye. number. Like it's it's a real. I feel really bad sometimes when people that you know quite well ask me for your number because you changed your number and ask for me for your new number and I have to be like, oh, I'll give him yours, but yeah. I kind of give you that number. <laughs> right. And I just feel like I'm fucking like trying to like act like your manager and all that. Like, take me to, take, take me to, uh, I can't give out his uh, business number. Yeah, <laughs> Man, if you, don't, if you don't have my number, you don't have uh, my number. Welcome to the world you currently live in. Like, I'm sure you can ask me for it the next time you uh, see me. And if you don't see me, you don't have my number. Um, yeah, no, and also we've been, we've had a really good because one of the things I've heard so much about is like other parents are awful and other parents will always give you unsolicited advice and all this stuff. And me and Cara haven't had that much unsolicited advice. In fact, a lot of the time I, I ask men, I'm just like, any advice, any advice? Everyone I speak to, there's a dad, and I can sift through it and be like, oh, that's good, or that's shit, or that's basic, or I knew that, or whatever. But if I, so we've not had any of the unsolicited advice, but I can fucking tell, man, I'm going to raise my kid to how I think is best to raise my kid. And I hope I have the strength of character to, if I see one of my son's friends being raised in a way that I wouldn't necessarily raise my child, being able to just accept that. Right, and just going, okay, cool. And not I, be judgy, and not like, no, pass comment. And I will be judgy, and I'll never get rid of that. That's part of who I am, but uh, it's whether I act on the judgment. Yes, right? I, you're not going to You're not gonna be outwardly judgy. You're no. going <laughs> to just hope they don't listen to the podcast because yeah. you slag them. But in my head, I'm going to be like, well, that's a fucking shit kid, and it's going to grow up weak, uh, right? But that's fine. You're allowed to raise weak kids nowadays. There's nothing wrong with that. Roll eyes. So I think I'll, I'll be f- fine on that. Th- but if anyone for a fucking second remotely comes up and... Uh, I noticed your boy the other day did this thing and we actually don't do that in my household and I was like I'll burn your house to the ground <laughs> like fuck you How do, don't give me any advice like How? that I didn't ask for and also do, uh, I'm worried about that when, when my ego will come into play because yeah. I don't want my kid to see my ego and I don't want it well ideally I'd like yeah. to not have an ego around my kid but I know how massive my ego is so I worry that and how, how are you going to deal with the uh, peer pressure of like oh but 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 St- Stephen's allowed on his iPad every day. 
And like you know, if you've got like little kind of rules in the house of like screen time, mm-hmm. and then like somebody's just got relaxed stuff with their parents, but then their kids think that mate's parents is cool just because they're a bit shit at. Have you fucking seen where Stephen lives? That's why. <laughs> That's why he's allowed in his fucking iPad. Right, but the worst thing is, I've I've drove through your estate, and these <laughs> these are gonna have nice houses. Uh, <laughs> um. So either either the other the out the other parents that you the biggest fear. Is your relationship with other parents? Yeah, yeah, and also because, like, but also on the other side of things, which there is, might end up being some cool. People they, well. there, there might be, but you know, there. Man, you meet parents that just don't drink at all. There might be a night. Genuinely, one of my fucking big fears, right, is like when I'm, when the kids like seven or eight or nine, or like it's old, and the and and we've got another one in there, and we're just parents at this point. We've been parents for a while, and we've got to go to like one of those things where we meet with uh, other parents and stuff, and it's like a drinky night or whatever. I am, like, I, I, who knows what the future holds, but I can imagine, imagine at that point in the future, I'm probably still smoking weed. Uh-huh. Not, but like, and, and and I'll smoke weed in the way that I normally smoke weed, which is, if I'm drinking, I will drink less, excuse myself to go and smoke, because I much prefer, prefer being high to being drunk. Yeah. And I'll go out and get high and come back in and join in the drinkers, and it's absolutely fine. I'm worried during that time, there will, especially the fucking area I live in, You'll be seen as a druggie. Oh, God. I can't, yeah. I can't be arsed. Like, first of all, because I don't want to explain to my kids. Hopefully, my kids will not know what marijuana was. I'll keep it subtle enough from them that only when they're fucking 16 will they go, oh, so that's what that smell was all those years. Mm -hmm. They'll have that moment of, like, oh, that's why dad's office smelled weird. Now that we know. Thought he had B.O. Aye. But I'm not doing it in front of them. I'm not going out ripping a fucking bong then coming back being a fuck. It's like, the it's, you know, it's like a glass of whiskey. I wonder what age range you had uh, accidental dad friends will be. The other thing. They could be way older than you. Could be way older. They could be, hey man, we live in modern times. They could be both men. That'd be class. Uh, like, because I, I think, I think that's when I'll be weirdly, a bad dad. I think they'd be cooler with the weed thing. Aye. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what, why. I don't know why so. But I, I, I weirdly feel like a, a, a homosexual couple would be more cool with smoking weed. Aye, they wouldn't be gay about it. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> they, uh, I reckon that would be me though. Like, because. I've still got the innate desire constantly to prove how liberal I am, mm-hmm. uh, and I reckon if there was, if there's any gay kids, if sorry, if there's any gay parents of a kid in my kid's school, I'm gonna be like, go make friend with that kid. But daddy's a bully. I couldn't give a fucking shit. I couldn't give a fucking shit. That's who's. That's the weekend I want away. You're just so pleased with the progression. It's like the gay kid sons the bully. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nature found a yeah. way. Oh, it's so good. He's be- he's beating up the heterosexual kids' <laughs> heterosexual bit. It's really good. It's oh my god. I mean, he don't call, go wrong. He called him a sissy because he's sis. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Also, we're never going to get rid of bullying, but it's nice that we were able to change it up. That's nice. That's good. Um, right, so thanks for the question. There, I think that was well answered. Uh, what has been your favourite non-tour gig, i.e., festival support gigs, etc.? Um. I got to, oh, it always stands out in my head. I can't remember if the gig went particularly well, but just the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Uh, I was on a lineup which was uh, me, Michael McIntyre, Jason Manford, uh, Ronnie Corbett. Um, uh, I can't remember who else, but when I look back now, I'm just like, oh, man, like, Ron- Ronnie Corbett is not only dead, but, like, is down in history as... Uh, it's it's, it's hall, one of the greats of... Br- hall, hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. Hall, absolute Hall of Famer. And I got, to, I got to talk to him, and I got to see him yeah. perform him perform live, and it was a different type of stand-up. It was a very old-school form of stand-up, but it was, it was brilliant. It was immaculate storytelling. Um, another one I remember just... I've probably had more interesting gigs recently, but, like, I rem- the... Uh, for me, I'm talking about times when I was like, oh my God, this is special. I can't believe I'm here at this moment. Uh, there was a gig in fucking Carlisle, which was me, um, someone else. I'm going to say, I don't think it was Sarah Millican, um, but like two other big name comedians, like Gilbert or something, and Tim Minchin. And I was such a big Tim Minchin fan. Met him backstage. He's he's obviously the nicest man in the world. Speaking for ages, and he knew I liked his stuff. But he spoke to me for like two hours before. And then when he was on, I just I was stood at the side of the stage, just watching him just do his set. 
And he saw me while playing the piano. He went, Daniel, just come on, just sit on stage and watch. And so for the entire gig, I just sat on the side of the fucking stage and watched him perform. Amazing. Hi. That's class. Hi. That's really cool. I think for me, it was uh, one of the set list gigs. And for people that don't know what set list is, it's this... Um, the conceptual way, kind of comedians that don't usually improv have to improv. Mm. So you don't really get improv acts on. Um, and over your shoulder, I'll be like a screen with a set list heading. Like you know, say if I was to go, like if I was to go and do me set, and I would have like uh, I'm not racist, but um, a man of the house mm-hmm. or whatever written on my hand. I don't write my set list on my hand, but if I did, like each of me routines would have a. Title. I can name you a bunch of comics who do though. I <laughs> see. I've seen. I've seen writing on hands at live at the Apollo. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. Be a fucking professional. I learned how to drive in an automatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do your job. Do your fucking job. Man, I, I used to write stuff on the back of my mum. You know what? My mum called me out on it. My mum, when I was fucking 17 years old, when you stop writing on the back of your hand, just go on, you know your jokes, do it. Take notes on on a preview, right, and refer to your notes and let them know it's a preview. Let them know it's free printed ticket because you haven't memorised mm. your fucking stuff yet. You're doing like 45 minutes and I'm going to look at my notes and I'm going to get back to you and set it up like that. Different slide. <laughs> <laughs> and also before you quote Stuart Lee Stuart Lee does it as a bit That's part of the act yeah. That is Stuart Lee, that doesn't count uh, I said Nick Helm done a really funny one where um, He kept looking at his hand and then he set list And it's jarring because he's making it obvious right? And then eventually he pulls up his shirt And he's got loads of stuff written on his belly <laughs> And that's the setup to the joke Is that like he's just got bits of joke written all over his body And he's like hitching doing his trousers And it's written on his leg <laughs> That's great Um so, yeah, set list. So it would come up like a heading for a joke that isn't yours. So you'd look over your shoulder and it'll be like low self-esteem dominatrix or time-travelling Nazi. And it's a set list heading for a routine that doesn't exist. And you've just got to pretend that's your routine and wing it. And you get like five or six slides sort of thing. And like it, it just attracts amazing comics. Like John Bishop's done it, Eddie Azard's done it, Trevor Noah was fucking amazing on it. But one of the best gigs I've ever been at was when Beardy Man did it. Mm. Were you in the room that day? No. Beardy Man, he's a beatboxer, and he uses loop pedals and shit, and he's not a stand-up comedian, but he's a funny, funny guy. And he got up and just fucking smashed it. And even one of them, he just left all his equipment aside and just done it a straight stand-up and smashed it. But some of the fucking tunes he made, based around the set list headings behind him, Aye. were fucking... I was like, you know when you're just watching a proper artist? Aye. Like, smashing the craft. Like, finding flow in the zone. I think I think yeah, hosting hosting the set list, uh, many of the set list shows, but hosting the set list that Beardy Man headlined on at the stand during the Fringe in like 2017, I think it was, was fucking one of the best gigs I've ever seen live in my life. I did uh, Darren, who's Beardy Man, did his show every year during the festival, and then one year he was doing he was doing we just came up with an album on the spot every night based on audience suggestions for song titles and whether it was R and B, whether it was rap, whether it was fucking like. Uh, you know, salsa music or whatever it was, and he wanted to make the live show a bit more interesting. So he got me to come on and pretend to be his American agent. And so I just I just dressed up and did a Tom State impression. <laughs> nice. So there's a whole thing I got, and he made me do it on the fucking live stream as well. He did this live stream on YouTube fucking years and years ago. And like I got like a huge pile of, oh shit, I got a huge pile of. Uh, Baby powder to make it pretend to be cocaine. I got a bunch of fucking Tic Tacs, pretend they were pills and everything. Got a full. I vaguely remember this. Got a full bottle of whiskey, poured it into a different bottle of whiskey, poured some apple juice in it, and fucking just went on the live. St- and so it was meant to be. He was making the concept was he was making an album, and then it would cut through to his American agent, who was obviously in LA, and that was me, just literally five feet away from him, but with a different background. And Darren was just like, just be an arsehole and just be somebody that doesn't understand music or get music, and just and man, I don't know if it just was be funny. An A&R guy, yeah, just chat. Channel the guy from Kill Your Friends. Yes, I and so I was just I was doing me for my biggest, loudest Tom State impression, and then we were on the YouTube comments afterwards, and this was well before any I'd done anything. People just thought I was just genuinely like not even a good American accent, but people were like, "This guy's a fucking arsehole and doesn't know anything about music." <laughs> just thought you were real. Yep, amazing. Have you seen um, Death to Twenty Twenty One? Yes. The, is it Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne? Oh, the, 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 like, some of those characters, I bet you people watching it think they're watching real characters. Aye. 
and they think they're smart because they're like, oh my god, these people are so stupid. And like, no, you're an idiot because you didn't understand parody was parody. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's par- it's parody that's so close to reality. Like when you look at the uh, Madison from Madison, or whatever it's just called, the like mm. fucking like female Alex Jones type. That is just what that's just what that ilk of persons like. Like the oh. fucking nail. I, I guarantee that the the comments you got for that were rife for that show. Aye, there were. There was also a one of the favourite movements that there's been in the past two years. Have you heard of the conspiracy theory? Theory birds aren't real. Mm. So basically, a bunch of teenagers are so bored with how stupid, stupid and gullible boomers are, and they'll believe fucking anything online. So as a joke, they all start just saying birds aren't real. Uh, they're uh, they're all just all, all birds were taken out in 1962 and they were replaced by flying drones with cameras in them yeah, and it's yeah. and it's it's just them taking the piss out of how stupid uh, and there's I, eating that chicken dinner again. I can't, this is amazing. I guarantee, I guarantee you, there are fucking boomers that have stumbled across that fucking joke and now sincerely and wholeheartedly believe uh, that birds aren't fucking real. I uh, fuck man. Thank you for the question, uh, Alice. So uh, we did answer that one. Uh, Anita Dugan-Moa says, I drove to Dallas to see you both, and it was worth the five-hour drive. Thank you for taking the time from Oklahoma. Um, what are the chances you might visit Tulsa in the next tour? No That's idea. That's where Chandler Bing went to work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's the only place, the reason I know that place. Uh, we love you here to uh, the Brady Theatre. Right, okay, so that was just when we're coming yeah. to Tulsa. No idea. And so that's, pff, I don't know. But... Um, if, it, if there's a market for it, I'm sure it'll happen. Um, Sarah Mountra, have you settled on a baby name yet? No. And would you have had a name chosen if he were a girl? No, but we would have had more chosen because girl names are easier than boys' names. So still no answer on the name front. Um, is there a particular show, uh, gig, podcast you would really love to do in the future? And that's from Heather. I would love to be on Taskmaster, but I'm uh, not yeah. famous enough for it. Nah, I feel, I feel like the, like... We're just not on the radar for Taskmaster. Or no, like would be class on it. Mm-hmm. Like would be belt or on. Oh, well, I would just enjoy it. I think it'd just be fun. I th- I th- and I think that would sh- that would show through. Aye, and uh, I think we'd get pretty competitive as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Taskmaster's the answer to that one, and also that um, <laughs> the new Ant and Tech game show, Limitless. <laughs> I'll see <laughs> it's my fucking mate. I, you know how I was really angry that when I come downstairs to make food, and you were watching the first episode of The Circle, yeah. and I ended up binging ten episodes of The Circle with you and loving it, and I was really ashamed of myself. Aye. There's a game show called Limitless with Ant and Deck, where you, like the question has like a numerical answer, and you've got to guess it like closest to the fucking exact number, right? And you can't go over or you're out. So you always try it's to. It's not bri- Price is Right game, kind yeah, of. Yeah, always try, kind of. And yeah, you've got to try and go under, right? But if you go under by six, you lose six lives. Okay. And you can gain lives by getting it perfectly right. Okay. And like, you can only cash out if you've got a perfectly right answer. So you could be like on 100,000, right? But you haven't gotten an answer perfectly right. You've just been close under that you haven't lost enough lives. But the last one you got exact could be like 5,000. So you could be on 100,000 and then cash out on five. But if you get it exactly, man, it's convoluted. Mm hmm. But I have been fucking hooked the last two Saturdays watching that. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. Uh, but yeah. I, I want to get on Limitless. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's because I've watched it with like Natalie's family. Even like last, on Saturday it was just with her brother and his right. lass. And there was with her whole family the time before. It just like, you can really get engaged in it with the family. Uh, you yeah. can really like... <laughs> Am I that old now? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, okay. To answer your question. Let's move on to the next one. I'd also say David O'Doherty's got a uh, David O'Doherty's got a show where he just cycles around with other comedians and talks shit. And I'm like, always those ones. Aye. Anytime it's just me hanging out with another comic talking shop. Comedians in cars in. getting coffee. Aye, all of that, all of that. If I'm ever talking to a fucking peer about the thing we love most, get me heavily involved. Aye, that's why I like this podcast so much. <laughs> Were you going to tell me I wasn't a peer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the worst? Oh, no, hold on. I've skipped one. This is from Franja. Uh, for Cream, how do you reckon uh, How do you reckon before you start missing comedy? How long do you reckon before you start missing comedy? You, you were know, fucked off with comedy and touring before the pandemic, but when the much-needed break, although unannounced, came, you struggled. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I take your point. Uh, the... Yeah, so I wanted to take time off after X and then was given the fucking pandemic. So that what I don't consider that time off because 
the time off after the tour was meant to be, oh, this is a chance for me to reflect well, on... Well, I'm supposed to go to Bali. Aye. Reflect on myself, take some time to just be Daniel, uh, as opposed to Daniel Sloss, uh, and just, like, live my normal life and sort of get used to that again, and, and then wait for the passion of comedy to come back. And then the pandemic hit, and so I didn't get to do that because I didn't because that wasn't <laughs> none of us were ourselves during the first bit sort of lockdown. It was in a uh, an insane time, and I sort of forced me back into stand up quicker because stand up was the only thing that got me out of the fucking house as soon as possible because that was how I could. So I needed stand up because that, that that was me going to do gigs. That was me trying to get money. That was how I got into um, Australia. Um, so not sure. Like I don't hate stand up the gig in Aberdeen was really fun like I enjoyed it I, I, if I'm being 100% honest I still don't like this show that I'm doing that much and that's just because I've done it so much and I just don't think it's particularly my you always had the fear that you're shortchanging people that came for the uh, deep dark message driven uh, shock well no but like, it's also like, I know what I'm capable I know what I'm capable of doing and I know I wrote this show as a palate cleanser as a, as a palate cleanser and it did what it needed to do but you're like you're like how long do I just keep eating the ginger after my sushi I um, I, I don't know how long it'll be like it might be quick I mean I've been writing stand up already like I come out every day to this office and just try and write for half an hour 45 minutes to an hour sometimes I write for a bit longer sometimes I write for less but I've been just sort of forced myself to sit down just so that when I do have the desire to get back to uh, do stand-up that I've got stuff that I can go on stage with. And I'm enjoying the process of writing again. Um, but it's not it's not a fire under my ass. I'm, I'm just too, I'm too excited to be a dad. I just want to uh, do fo- that. Your focus is elsewhere. Yeah. And you let it come naturally. Aye. I have, uh, I've agreed to do the fringe this year. Aye. And I, I'm already feeling the process because I'm looking at the house like uh, I'm going to tidy that and I'm going mm. <laughs> to clear, I'm going to clear out my wardrobe and get rid of the stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is part of the writing process for me. Yeah. The writing process is procrastinate your house immaculate and then start writing. And yeah. It's like a weird form of nesting. Yeah, my way that sometimes I trick myself into writing is I'll Oops. get, uh, I'll come out to the office and I'll be writing and then the weed will be there and I'll just find myself smoking some weed and I'll feel so guilty that I've smoked weed during the day that I'll force myself to write for get another hour. To feel the uh, yeah, because I've got to be like, well, now I've got to do something to prove that sense I'm of not. achievement. Yeah, yeah, and then you can't feel like a loser when you've achieved. Yeah, and and you know it, it's. Uh, it's it's a good I find it a good a good way to to write, and Do you know a good way of, of, of writing. I discovered at the start of twenty twenty um, is write a list of things you could write about. Yeah. Right, just get into the habit of writing a list. Right, even if you just fucking start your day with just writing a list of like anything just All fucking right. pick a thing like things you want to do with, with your yeah write a list right and write a list of things you could do comedy about and then take one of them things and write a list about the things within that topic you could write about and then you start like doing like a chain off a list and then I just start writing mm. I just start writing longer form bits in the middle of my list writing and I found that is like because uh, when because the hardest bit about starting writing is blank bit of paper no inspiration I don't know what I'm going to do but if you can just start the pen moving in that way, you can end up fucking doing shit. So I, th- I think that's the method I'm going to take once my uh, house has got no dust in it. Aye. Feel free to clean our house when our bathroom's <laughs> done if you want to. bathroom done. To fucking build inside. Still bad. <laughs> my friend shows this, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what is the best and worst bit of parenting advice Cream has received so far? And what's Daniel's worldviews? Which of Daniel's oh, worldviews does Kai think will change uh, first once he becomes a dad? Oh, that's a great question, Emil. Do you do yeah bits of advice first? Um, best well, the best bit of advice that I've gotten is from so many. Mark Nelson's been a real fountain of good advice, as is Milo. Mm-hmm. Um, but their advice is very similar, which is just the very honest. Which is, man, just take it every day as, as it comes. There's nothing you can do. There's no one defining moment of you being a father, it's an ongoing thing. Mm. You'll learn slowly, but it won't feel fast enough for you. Uh, But it'll also slip by. So just, all the good advice has been slow down and just enjoy it. And don't allow yourself to get too stressed if you can. And then... Aye, that's the thing. Like you could, you could probably get so wrapped up in worry and stress that you forget to enjoy it. Yeah. That happens to a lot of people with like their first gigs and that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the thing I always say is people go, why, do, why, do, why don't you get nervous when you do stand-up? Because stand-up is so much fun. Why would you let negative emotions take away from the experience? Yeah, unwanted passenger. Yeah, so you, I, I, I'll hopefully do the same. And also, I'm not going to be fucking self-conscious for my child. I don't care if he thinks I'm a shit dad. He's not going to know I'm a shit dad until he's 21 and he's in therapy. <laughs> like, it's, you can do a really, really shit... You can do a fucking really shit job of being a parent and the kid can still turn out fucking immaculate. Uh, uh, the other thing, you can do a brilliant job and the kid can turn out to be a cunt. Uh, just do what you can. Um, I, I think your worldview is going to change in that um, you're going to go from being the main character in your own story to being like the sub character in your own story and I think you're going to be fine with that because you know when the Punisher coming to Daredevil in season 2 mm. <laughs> it was still Daredevil aye, aye. and it was still good but it was about the Punisher, wasn't aye, it? Aye, it was class. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think your worldview is going to change in very much the same way as Daredevil season two, <laughs> which was better than Daredevil season one. <laughs> which isn't to say Daredevil yeah. season one wasn't good. Nah. And Daredevil's still a key character. Aye, but there's a better, cooler <laughs> he, one in the story. And he, and he comes back for season three when Punisher moves out and has his own series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, for Muggins, are you going to knit stuff for the new baby? What are your gigging plans for this year? Solo tour, perhaps? I'll answer that question first. My first solo show is on the 13th of March in Glasgow. I hope you're nearby. Uh, who's this? Peter Bergman. Uh, Bregman, sorry, mate. Um, I hope you're near Scotland. I'm going to be in, in there. I've just found out that I've got an offer for a gig in Aberdeen to do a solo show. Oh, nice. I only saw the heading of the email. So I'm putting a couple of solo shows in. I'm going to do the Fringe. I'm doing some club gigs. I'll update my website. I know that's needed day for a while. Like That'll be part of me procrastinating before I write a word. Uh, but I a couple of solo shows, a Fringe run, and uh, some club gigs is that. And what was the other question again? Uh, am I going to knit baby stuff? You know what uh, my problem has been with uh, knitting baby stuff is a lot of people have been having babies and I didn't want to look like, uh, you know, I've... Like if I knit a Jack something, mm. then I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, now I've got to knit Ela something. Now I've got to knit... Your, I didn't have a name yet Your child something I'm like If I knit one item I've got to probably knit about half a dozen oh, items You're going to turn into a little Etsy store Aye But I'm, uh, I'm getting right back into my audio books again So it's not out of the question that There'll be some knitted garments coming everybody's way Fucking nice um, And also I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in the middle of finishing some fingerless gloves at the minute And I'm going to give them away as one of the prize draws that we'll do at the end of this Excellent. Um, you're going to write a handwritten letter. Oh, I'm going to give away some fingerless gloves. And we'll do a merch. We'll do an item of merch of their choice. And we'll do signed books. So we'll do four draws. We're nice. only all three, but as like a sorry, sorry we're late for the prize draw. Um, Andy Bendix. Question for Cream. If the new arrival is born with a superpower, what would you like it to be? And would you let him use it freely for good or evil, or would you encourage him to hide his power? And then the second question from Muggins. Oh, well, we'll get to the Muggins question yeah. after this one. If if the new is born with a superpower, what would you like? Okay, so I get to choose the superpower. Um, oh, I mean, in a purely fucking selfish kind of way, maybe like Wolverine's just going to constantly, like, heal, just so even if I am a shit dad for the first couple of years, he heals instantly. And then also, so, like, did you did you drop the kid down the stairs? Absolutely not, I did. That was just, I was banging upstairs, didn't drop the kid at all. Hand over an absolutely uninjured baby and be like, I'm a wonderful father. And then as he gets older, he's going to get annoyed because he's obviously going to be like, do I do I just regenerate all the time? And we'll have fun with that. We'll hit him with cars. I'll put him on the front of the Tesla. Like, we'll have a good... <laughs> I just realised how bad a superpower the power of healing is because you don't get to use it unless something horrendous happens aye, to you. Aye. You, can't, like, you can't just in your day-to-day life use your superpower unless you purposefully hurt yourself. Aye. Well, unless you've got the claws that come out there. But I wouldn't want him to have the weapons. And then all, I would like him to live have the regenerative thing so that he would live forever just because I think that's... Imagine putting scratch mittens on your kid when they've got Wolverine clothes. Aye, straight through. It's like, fucking guy, your, knitting, your knitting's just not good enough, mate. You're going to need a knit with... Uh, if he lives forever and you and you, and he knows he's going to live forever, I it. Like, I don't have enough... The only reason I don't take over the world is because I don't have enough time to take over the world. Whereas if you were to give me 200 years in which I'm going to outlive all my fucking... You can do real good bits of planning knowing you're going to be alive 200 years in the future. So I think I'd set him up f- for that as well as I could. You're going to be king of the world one day and you might have to 
Well, I mean, you don't even have to, you don't even have to kill so, people to get it. You just so have to outlive them. So just uh, you, you're going to have them a pre-designated fate as the superpower. Well, I'm going to no, no. Well, I'm going to die, and they're going to live beyond that. But I'm going to try and I'm going to try and release them on the right path and be like, hey, you're going to live forever, so you might as well fix the world in that time. Because what else are you going to do in your endless fucking life? Um, um I play the Witcher. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been really enjoying it. Actually, I'm in. I'm I'm in. Cool. Um, it uh, it's the stories are fucking really creative and fun. Good I'm for the story mode. If you follow the story class. Uh, question from Ruggins: If somebody offered you two hundred grand for Peggy, what would be the lie you'd tell your wife as to how the dog vanished? <laughs> I wouldn't sell her. You wouldn't sell her for two hundred grand. <laughs> for two hundred grand. That. Two hundred. You can get another one. You can get another two hundred. You could offer us a fucking million. I've got a nice life. I fucking don't want me a million pound. <laughs> wouldn't sell her pathetic I wouldn't sell her uh, but uh, that's the lie I would tell <laughs> I'm just I'm just practising the lie I wouldn't sell her so I don't know where she's gone <laughs> <laughs> that's the lie I wouldn't sell her <laughs> I wouldn't who knows where she's gone what do you mean where I got the money from daddy paid me more Two oh. 200 grand's like a fucking it's that like teaser amount as well, isn't it? That two hundred grand's like you fucking oh, pretty much pay off me. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I genuinely wouldn't sell her. I don't think like I don't think I'd enjoy my life if I was just willing to sell a loved one. Even if I was a fucking multi-billionaire and I could uplift communities with the money. Aye. I just think, like, the person I'd be would be absolutely fucking compromised. Aye. You say loved one. Dog you've had less for the new year. How do people deal with losing a dog? <laughs> <laughs> How do people... When I hear with people losing a dog, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it could be worse. could be a family member. I'm like... Couldn't be worse. <laughs> couldn't, be, couldn't be worse. Uh, dogs are innocent. <laughs> uh, they're too innocent, man. Uh, yeah, it's just fucking. Too, uh, it's, that's like. It's like one. It, it, it's one of the things where you like. How, how much would it? How much would you pay to like chop off your hand or something? It would mm. be like a, a bit. Like it would be a little bit like losing a limb. And I'm like, I'm not greedy enough to fucking compromise the nice life I have. Or, mm. I, I don't think I'd sell her. Covered. Uh, cream. This one's from Sonia. Markage? Slavic name. Have you considered, once your son is older, maybe taking them on bits of your tour to see the world, or would you prefer to just travel normally with them? Oh, yeah. I mean, the second, even this year, with the rescheduled Germany dates, we're going to try and bring uh, baby out with us then just because the dream is at least for the first five years I felt like you nearly said a name there we don't have a name so you're not you're no. not like you've not got one in your head that you haven't fully decided on yet but you're like starting to get used to forming the word in your mouth no nah. we've, we've got a list of three but no one that we're like they'd stay I don't he's, he, he doesn't have a name in my head I don't even know what the cunt looks like <laughs> I just like it is probably best to meet them first yeah and then you go oh right it's a Steve um so yeah, man, I want my kids not for the like not future tours, but for the next five years. Yes, when I tour, family will be coming because um, while we can't, while the kids don't have school and you're not dragging them away from anything important, then they should see the world. And also, and I mean this in the nicest way, I will not under any fucking circumstance raise a child that is scared of flying. Under any circumstance, there's some things I will not accept from my child, and that it, and one of them is fear of flying. And that I, is getting a ferry to an away game when you're a Premier League footballer. Oh, a fucking Dennis, Dennis Bergkamp. Grow up, grow up, and get on the fucking flight. Grow up, would you, Frankie Boyle, one of the best comedians that that, are, that is ever come out of this country. The reason he's not famous is because the fucking man is too much of a pussy to get on a fucking plane. Grow up, read the statistics, <laughs> get on a fucking plane. Uh, he could absolutely be global. Aye, and and, and the same thing with. Uh, I mean, I've got less control over this one, but man, if I have a, if if I have a son that gets fucking car sick 
I'm going to hold that over Cara's head for the rest of our relationship. Uh, Be like, that's a fucking genetically weak baby, you fucking... Carsick! In 2022! Uh, cars have existed for a hundred fucking years at this point. How is your body and brain not cut up? Gross. Ugh. <laughs> is he tall enough to get on that roller coaster? Aye, but he's too weak. Aye, uh, he's too scared, aye. <laughs> he's tall enough, but uh, I doesn't, aye, so. doesn't have the backbone for it. So yeah, well, and I, and also I think if I if my if my son travels a lot early on, he'll be like that. Travel makes you less likely to be bigoted, uh, and 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 keeps you open minded. So I think that'll be good for him. And then, uh, Lewis McClellan, question from Muggins: Fuck, Mary kill, Steve Bruce, Niall Quinn, <laughs> a joke in here. Um, ugh. I'd, f- I'd, f- I'd fuck the Mackham. <laughs> Which one's the Mackham? Niall Quinn. Right. <laughs> it could have been Steve Bruce. Um, oh, this is the worst. Joking, yeah, I got a fucking... Got you what? Relegated. Steve Bruce is... He's on me to sweat a you can't so marry Steve Bruce. You can't wake up to that every day. Oh, he's, he seems like a nice enough guy, like Steve Bruce. Aye. You can't, aye, like... Do you want his erection in the small of your back every morning? Yeah, I'm, f- I'm fucking joking, yeah. No, I'm not <laughs> fucking Niall Quinn. Aye. But you're marrying him. Like, you don't have to fuck him to have his erection in the small of your back. That's marriage. I don't, I don't have much options, do I? <laughs> I'm going to kill Joe Kinnear. Aye. I'm going to shack up with Steve Bruce. And I'm going <laughs> to shag the arse off the Magum. Uh, <laughs> what a shade question, Lewis. You're an arsehole. Um, we'll do one more and then we'll do the fucking draw for these cunts. Question, oh, right, there's a question for both and then a question for one each. Um, from Sophie Renfrey, both... How, Hi, Sophie. how and when did you become such good friends? First tour would it have to be. Yeah, I we got we got thrown in uh, the two together. We've like barely known each other. We, we met each other at the fringe playing football. We did did we discuss this on the pod? We have done, yeah. Because you know when we used to do the origin stories and we used to pretend we were going to tell the origin Aye. story, but then spin off and tell a fake origin story, then knowingly never get back to how we actually Aye. met. We did. We have told the story of how we actually met there. How we played Hebs under seventeen girls football. Yeah, we've told yeah. that. A bunch of times. Okay, so I we, we played f- uh, football together against the girls' team, and then we were just then we were putting a six day tour together, um, and then we asked how we enjoyed it, and we did. We actually we tried to do a bit of writing in the car. I remember we were trying to write ideas for sketches. Aye, aye. And we had like uh, we had like a little notepad, and whoever was in the passenger side was like writing little notes down in that. Yeah, but yeah, I've probably still got them notepads in there somewhere. I was when we were tr- just desperately, at least I was. Desperately fucking trying to get laid because I think we did bang. At least I did bang at that first ever Dundee gig because that was when my mate Morris was up. He was at Dundee Uni then. And, the and was there a guy called like Gorgeous George or something? Hi, Gorgeous George. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that name? Yeah. Was Rue jo- there? Gorgeous Rue was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't connect the dots that Rue had been there mm. at, for ages after I'd known Rue. Aye, aye. Um, I only had eyes for one man (laughs) (laughs) And then we went on a Fucking 52 date tour But over the course of like 60, 65 days Mm -hmm. In your fucking Vauxhall Astra Up and down the country We met met in the August of 2009 And then by the January of 2010 We'd spent like Married couple amounts of time with each other Aye and we didn't fall out We didn't argue Because we're very good at shutting the fuck up around each other sometimes. And I think that's more you being aware of what I'm like, which is, man, I can go quite happily a full day without talking to someone and it won't even be noteworthy to me. Like, I can just get through it, I'll be fine. And you picked up on that and you're like, oh, I can just listen to music. or, or And if conversation arrives, I'll fucking join in on it. But what I don't like is we're near each other, so... We have to have a conversation. I don't agree with that as a concept. I can sit and stare at you for four hours, and and unless we have something to talk about, let's not waste this silence with a fucking boring conversation. Um, and and and, I, and when you're and I mean that when you're spending 
two months with someone. Obviously, if you're spending in four hours with someone, you talk to them all the time. But if it's every fucking day, my biggest nightmare would be get into a fucking car and someone be like, how'd you sleep? None of your fucking business, man. None of your business. Drive to the next fucking gig. What are you talking about? We spoke all day yesterday. We spent last night having a couple of pints together. I don't need to talk to you in the fucking morning. Uh, Nothing's so, changed. Some mornings I'll talk to you quite a bit, but in a WhatsApp group exchange with other friends while sat opposite you in an airport Aye. without speaking a word. Um, I, I think... I think yeah, we we we. Do, do you know grass, uh, grassy said it was we're going to Marbella in June, right? Just a few of the Geordie lads. For, like people are starting to turn forty now amongst my friends. It's Matty's fortieth, uh, so we're going out for him. And um, I was like, I found flights from Glasgow. I'm going to meet you in Malaga. Mm. And he was like, Oh, but you're going to be travelling on your own. Like this is grassy. He was like, <laughs> You know, when he goes on holiday, it's like part of the ritual of going on holidays. The flight and all oh, that. Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't travel with work. Aye. So he's like, Oh, you're going to be travelling alone though. I was like, man, I've been like Australia and back on my own about fucking like eight times. And oh. then I'm like, half of that European tour, I'm, I'm traveling alone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even when I'm with you, you're traveling that, alone. That's aye, what I mean. Um, I'm like, oh, the concept of traveling alone, you, you forget that. It's just normal for us, but it's alien to aye, how the other people. people. Just like, um, yeah. It's like the, the excitement that Jean gets at an airport shop. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking like, about? You see one every one day, every day. They're there. Um, Cream, can you choose the best audience you've ever had and why? Uh, and if it's not Punch Drunk Blythe, why the hell not? Um, what's the best audience I've ever had? I mean, there is no such thing as the best audience. That like it's There's just there's too many good audiences out there. But where are you most likely to get the best audiences? Where is there a higher rating of good audiences? Um, as much as it pains me to ever throw any compliment Australia's way, they are and have been consistently for the past 10 years, like, th- some of the best crowds that I get, uh, well, biggest audience I get around the world. If you d- if you discount the old Jonglers gigs, aye. Glasgow is a fucking hot ticket for a good crowd. Yeah, aye, 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 they're good. Um, Scotland's, cla- I mean, but man, I loved, I, we loved Perth early doors. Perth, mm. Scotland was so good to us for so many years. Uh, and and the, then it's really hard because like there's places that we love because for so many years they've always been like consistently good to it. Weirdly enough, Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln's yeah. always been a decent fucking crowd, and we've been going there for long enough that we've got our own audience. And I don't think people would expect it, but we do enjoy gigging in uh, Lincoln. But in the past five years, because of the success, people think you're being disingenuous when you like gig in Moscow and New York uh, and LA, Tokyo and, that. and you're like, like, it's Lincoln. good to be in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't mean that. And you're like, no, it's, it's, it's nice to be here. Also, you got to remember, like, you're an audience that are used to us and we're used to you. A lot of these other places, you know, gigging in America is fun, but American audiences still aren't at the level where they're they're the loudest audiences, but they're not the best audiences because they're not the best Mm. behaved because manners aren't a thing in America. Social she, etiquette. She, she said it in the question, and another question wasn't for me, but my, like the punch drunk gigs are just like, they're my actual home gig. Uh, like, yeah. I, I, I'm a different comic when I'm on and it's punch drunk. Like, I don't really even think about what I'm going to say next. I just get up and just start being myself, and it's fucking, I love it. Aye. And I like the punch drunk ones because it's. I don't have to check my accent on note. Aye. It's a bit bare pay, but I like that. Oh, yeah. People are getting drunk on a Monday. Like, this. Aye. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like if you were to do one of your uh, sets. That has like a pregnant pause and like a real fucking deep and meaningful. Or you might make some audience members cry or feel deeply uncomfortable. It's probably not the best pitch to play on Aye. for that kind of show. But, it's but also, if you're going up and just doing a club set, I don't think you can fucking beat them. Aye. And also, I, I, I've I've known the punch drunk audience for over ten years now, <laughs> so they've known me for over ten years. So it's kind of. Uh, Aye. It's like adopted. Aye, aye. And it's, you know, sort of, yeah, yeah, that's why why it's fun. And for you, uh, will you be back to MC any of the Punch Drunk this year or even better there with your own set? And also, do you miss Blythe and its quirky ways? Yes, I do. um, Now I'm up in Glasgow instead of London. I'm fucking coming back to tune matches. I keep getting tune tickets and then coming back and seeing my family and friends. And I I actually stayed at the Commissioner's Key instead of like crashing at someone's house Mm -hmm. because we had the dog. So I've been coming back and I'm re-immersing myself back in Blythe after being locked down in London during a pandemic. And uh, I I shot Gav the dates I was free for the coming months for if he wants to do a punch drunk. It's on him. 
He's got a kid. He organises the gigs. Like it's on Gav when he runs it next. But I've told him when I'm free. And if Matt Reed's free at the same time, I'll maybe just get him to host it, and I'll do a set. Is the answer to that one? Because I want to get Matt Reed back in. Like it's his crowd too, because mm. we share the MCing role. Uh, it just didn't work out on Christmas because we were doing all the rearranged to our dates on the only dates that the clubs could do. So that's the only reason I wasn't back for that one. But the next one will be booked depending on my availability. Is the answer? So yes, yes. That kind of weird. Sweet. That's enough questions for new... Thanks for all the questions. Sorry we didn't get through all of them. Um, but you did ask millions, so thank you for that. Yes, thank you for participating and engaging, even though we're, we're bullies. Right, so this bit is for the patrons, because anybody who's a £5 patron gets entered into the draw once. Anybody who's a £10 patron gets entered into the draw twice. So we're going to give four of you a prize. Um, if, you're not, if you're not a patron... Um, yeah, the podcast's finished. Thanks, right. for, thanks for tuning in. No, no, it's not. Stay there and fucking <laughs> Stay, listen and listen and listen God. to what you fucking miss out on, you fucking cheap cunts. <laughs> right? Say. Don't you fucking dare turn this off. Aye, aye, hand away. Keep this fucking playing. Listen to what you don't get to be involved in. So the, this one is going to be for a handwritten letter from you. Right. Right, this is number 433. And the winner is... Callum Roberts. Right, type that in. Handwritten letter from you. And this one is going to be um, from a pair of knitted fingerless gloves from Muggins. 206. Oh, oh, oh. oh you've just deleted someone. Marty, good. Well, one, <laughs> number 198, you're gone. <laughs> Marty Kubena. Marty Kubena is getting some uh, hand-knitted fingerless gloves. Gloves. Um, this is for an item of merch from the store of your choice. 312. Mark Allison. Mark Allison. That's a yeah. boy's name, then a girl's name. <laughs> What's your yeah. fucking problem, Mark? Pro- progressive. <laughs> uh, what's this? Merch. Merch. And uh, this one is from a signed book of each of our books. 126. Duh, 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 duh. You are... That's Josephine. Josephine, sweet. I think she's already got them. Hi. I think she's already got them. If you, Josephine, if you want a piece of merch instead, or if, like, if you want a handwritten letter, or if you want some hand-knitted fingerless gloves, let me know what alternative you've got, because I think you've already got the same Aye. books. Let, let us know which, and we'll, we'll sort you out. There you <laughs> go. Josephine. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? Oh, you fucking tight cats being like, oh, God, I wish I had that. wish I had those merch. wish I had those books. Well, you can buy those on websites. Aye, Google them. You can get them all, apart from the... Apart from the um, and also goodbye for a bit. Um, just him, just me. I'm off uh, for I can't. I, I don't imagine it'll be too long, but I also imagine at least a month. Um, just while, but maybe not. Maybe I'll just get fucking bored. Maybe maybe being a parent's the easiest thing in the fucking world, and I'll just be like, "Can you please come round and do a podcast?" Because there's nothing else to do. I'll oh, be like, "Kai, quickly come round and do a podcast because I need a little bit of fucking relief here." And you'll be like, "Oh, sorry, babe, I've got a hi." <laughs> I got the old ball and chains here, uh, and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> um, that's what, huh?" Also, uh, like this may be the last time I see you before you're here, kid. Unless I come and just to oh, hang, got, just well, to hang out. Well, Gloomhaven. Are we gonna have a game of Gloomhaven Not this week, but next week. Right, right. sweet, oh, sweet. I because I know when you have a kid, you're not gonna like instantly just want everybody around you. So will you just let us know when you want us to come yes, round? Me and Kai have different. Be like a weekend, and Kai hasn't been round yet because I'm giving you this like. No, 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 no. We've got we've got a like in the house. We've got a board, and it's like we're gonna be either go for two or three visitors a day. Everyone gets like a one hour slot, uh, and it, and it's an hour slot where we're like, hey, we love you. This is great, but we're exhausted. So Aye, in they go. go, say hi, fuck off. We've got three hours to recover, Aye. and then the person who visits us lunch comes in. Right. We do that for an hour. Off you fuck. We get another couple of hours to ourselves. But somebody comes in the evening. So I. Aye, well, so so let us let us know me slot. Aye, well, and, um, and I'll I'll, re- I'll report back to everyone on the podcast once I've uh, kissed your baby. And uh, thank you for listening. Stick around. Uh, I'll be back in a month or so. Uh, but you're left in the ferry. Where are the arms of Mark Nelson Aye. and Kai and all the other guests that are coming up? It's gonna be class. Wish me luck. Aye.